BorderCast podcast is a product of BorderCast.com. We are a dedicated team of meteorologists that provide weather forecasts, discussions, and analysis specific to Boulder County. If you want to receive email notifications for our posts, look for the subscribe button on our homepage. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at BoulderCast. If you have questions or comments or would like to suggest a topic for future shows, message us at contact at BoulderCast.com. BoulderCast, a Boulder take on weather. Welcome to the Bouldercast Podcast, a special Halloween episode. <laughs> this is Andy and Ben and Matt is joining us back again. Yep. Yes, we are. Live from Longmont this time. Yes, the very extreme edge of Boulder County. That's right. Yep, but we're still in Boulder County. So. Still in Boulder County. <laughs> so still representing. Yeah, welcome to Boulder County, Matt. Yeah. It's your first time we've been recording at your place. That's right. Yeah. Good to be home. <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, we haven't seen you in the, we haven't seen you on the podcast for at least the last two recordings. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. Um Yeah. Lots of research. Just uh just chugging away on research and trying to trying to get my uh my comps two exam in preparation mode, which it's not even close to being there yet, but um, my advisor's keeping me busy. Got to start early. Yeah, so true. This is the year we're supposed to present comps to. It's year three, and so yeah. Hopefully, I can get it done. We'll see what happens. You'll get it done. Did you get the extension? Uh, Did you I apply still, for it yet? I still need to uh, submit the application for the extension, but I hear everyone gets it. Yeah, I mean they're not gonna be like, oh no, sorry, you're done. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, yeah we're, we're kicking you out of the program <laughs> after we invested so much into you. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Other than that, yeah. No, not a whole lot. Just uh, staying busy, really. And that's that's my life right now. That sounds normal. <laughs> normal PhD student. Yeah. Year three. Yeah. What about sure, you? You might, you might work at 10 a.m. Go to work at 10 a.m., but yeah. you get a lot of work done. And then I leave at, like, 10 p.m. <laughs> what a life. Yeah. What about you, Ben? I don't miss that. What have you been up to? Yeah. Oh, uh, not too much since last week. Uber. <laughs> Ubering around. Yeah, how's the testing going with, with regards to that? That's classified. Uh, <laughs> can't actually talk about that. But, I see. Um, you probably can't even mention it on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Not without some compensation. <laughs> yeah, not without compensation. But, yeah, not too much going on. I don't know. Riding my bike a little bit the last week. It's pretty good weather. Yeah. Like 40 in the morning, 65 in the afternoon. Yeah, it's been pretty nice. Yeah, it's textbook for this time. I had to get my gloves out. Oh, that's just <laughs> terrible. For the winter. That's just awful. It's, it is terrible. I was... Earlier today, I was uh, talking to a, a first-year grad student about uh, the cold, the cold winters that can sometimes occur here, and I told her about um, two years ago when Boulder had a low of like minus eighteen or minus twenty, and, mm-hmm. and she she was like, "Yeah, I 
had no idea it got that cold. Hmm. And I think she's from California. I mean, so. it could get that cold, but will it? Who knows? Who knows? Well, in the future, in the past, we know it has. But yeah, she, so she, yeah. she's from she's from a nice, warm California. Yeah. So or Southern California, I would especially, huh? So so uh, yeah, she she's up for a rude awakening. I think so. <laughs> But when you have El Nino in place, you have less chances of cold outbreaks. Yeah. Yep. The cold air doesn't tend to come down from Canada as much. That is true. But we'll see if that verifies this year. Yep. See if it helps us. We'll see if the uh, the heavy snowstorms verify, too, mm-hmm. as I've been promised. <laughs> <laughs> Me, too. I'm hoping for it. <laughs> what else has been going on? So I have, it's not really a funny story, but Uh-oh. it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm ready to laugh. So, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you won't laugh. I don't know. But uh, last night, uh, I was catching the J home, and um, the 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 bus got basically just before it was on Arapaho going east, so going back towards Gun Barrel, and then just before Foothills, he like pulls over. I don't know. I forgot what happened. Like someone in the car or in the bus told the driver maybe check for a flat tire or if it was someone calling in. I don't that wouldn't make sense either though, but mm-hmm. basically someone said maybe you, you might want to check see if you have a flat tire. The so the driver wouldn't know. He literally drives so, all day. I don't know. <laughs> so he like pulls over at the next bus stop like basically 40 Arapaho and like 48 uh i don't know yeah on near east campus yep mm-hmm. and he pulls over and he's like yeah he, we got a flat or something <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> and so he had to you know radio into the rtd or something like that you were on that for the tire changing yeah well no he basically called someone and they brought a new bus out like 15 minutes later it was actually pretty fast but that's amazing but he just wasn't using his intercom, right? He was like, he had it like over here, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, we got a flat tire," but no one could hear it. <laughs> he was like, so far away. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't on a little cord string thing. Yeah, something like that. He just wasn't bringing it to his face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems like most drivers do that. Like right. they're like transfer available, but it's like very a very low yeah, voice. It's yeah. Terrible. I think they do that on purpose because I think that maybe they're required to say that and they just don't want to do it. <laughs> but yeah, like I can understand that. Guy, <laughs> I've been on a bus before where we have a flat, oh, and they and they basically had to uh, take us off that bus and we had to wait for the next bus to come around. Yeah, interesting. It sucked. It may be late for a class. The yeah. bus had a flat tire. They're not going to believe that. <laughs> this was the last bus of the day so it was like the six o'clock so yeah (laughs) you get a flat tire they're like sorry guys you gotta walk stupid jay (laughs) (laughs) but uh it was also nice because like there was this other guy that worked at noah and we both went on at the same we caught the bus at the same spot so at broadway and 27th way and uh this guy was actually the guy who sent the email throughout Noah, notifying us that they were gonna modify the J route mm-hmm. for next oh, wow. year. Did you know, or just because I knew ahead of, I knew before he did, but but he like emailed the whole like mm-hmm. organization to kind of like if you want to 
change this, you know, send your comments in or something like that. Right. So, so I was a little, I got brave enough to like actually talk to him because like, <laughs> it's hard to talk to a random, random stranger, but mm-hmm. you know. How'd you know it was him though? Well, I mean, like, we had like a meeting with mm-hmm. Sira or whatever one day and he was there and I heard him like over talking, asking someone else. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Should have told him about so, the Watercast podcast. Should have told him, yeah. <laughs> that's time. But uh, yeah, basically he was telling me all the logis- logistics on the bus of like, he went to Denver twice and gave his testimony about it to keep the wow. the J route. One of the- he called, he's trying to call he's people. He's that guy? <laughs> he's like really into it. Well, so, he, I and, would love for the J to not only, you know, stick around longer, but, you know, drive around more frequently. Because, you know, now that I live in Longmont and the J comes up here. Does it? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, if it was on a more consistent schedule. Yeah. I would use it because I I need to get I need to get to campus, and the other the other regional bus route that goes from Longmont to Boulder the Bolt does drops off at Canyon, so you know mm-hmm. if I'm a bike no big deal but if I don't then you know it's kind of a problem. I catch the hop. The hop. Oh, to East Campus. Yeah. That's troublesome. Yeah, this. <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to take you know take the bowl down, get dropped off at Canyon, walk to Colorado Boulevard, and take the stampede. Yeah, be bad. Yeah, that's too long. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, nobody wants that. Yeah, but yeah, he was just telling me like the history of how the J started. It was some guy at Noah. I think either in the late eighties or nineties that wanted a dedicated route between Longmont and the Department of Commerce. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he got And like so it was the the guy's name was actually Jack. So it was named after him, the J. I thought it was named after J Road. Oh. But, uh, so interesting history there. Yeah, no one knows. <laughs> I thought it was named after the shape of the route. It looks like a J. That's what I th- yeah, I don't know. There you have it folks. Good old Jack. (laughs) This is the reason why it it exists. But yeah, apparently, like over the years, it used to go around campus on Regent, and now it kind of goes through the heart of campus. And Mm -hmm. then early on, there was more people going to the Department of Commerce, and now there's more people just taking it to campus. And so that's kind of why they wanted to cut down on the Mm -hmm. southern route. But we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. So, so, you basically gave a shout out to a random guy. Do you even know his name? I I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shout out to a random guy from Noah. Well, Scientist. His, his name's Jay for short. <laughs> yeah. Scientist. He's been with them for since the eighties. Wow. So, so impressive. Yeah. But enough about me, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um. Cool. So not really a funny story, but interesting. Yeah, I learned more about the J route, that's for sure, and its origin. I love the J. Yeah, if you take it and you just want to strike up a conversation, you can tell them the history of the J route. That's That's a good pickup line, on the J bus. If you're looking for a date, I mean, not that you are, Matt, but you know. If I was looking for a date, on the J bus, I could strike a conversation about the J route. Yeah, could tell Joseph maybe about it or something. 
Yeah, and he could use it as a you know, as his way to some to some girl's heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else going on before we jump ahead to the week's weather over the past week? That's about it. That's enough for me now. Yeah. Let's get to the week's weather. All right. Or should we talk about Patricia? Or save that. Let's talk about Patricia first. Yeah, let's talk about Patricia a little bit. This was uh, quite the storm. Yeah, Matt, give us the uh, specifics on this. Yeah, so... <laughs> hurricane expert. Pretty pretty intense hurricane that formed out, out in the East Pacific. And uh, as, as we expected, um, El Nino typically brings more activity in... The entire Pacific Ocean, really. I mean, the Western Pacific, Central Pacific, and the Eastern Pacific. And it reduces the amount of activity in, over the, the tropical Atlantic. Well, Patri- Patricia ended up forming. And as it was as it was over the, the East Pacific, South of Mexico, it, it was a tropical storm at one point and it encountered some... Uh, some pretty deep warm ocean waters and at that point it was in a in a state of some significant strengthening and over a 24-hour period it pretty much went from a like a tropical storm to a category four hurricane which is very katrina like if you know what i mean so it wasn't a category five well it became a category five but over a 24-hour period Mm. My understanding, it became a four, and yeah. then okay. later on, after that twenty-four hour grace period, it became a five and a very strong five. Yeah, the strongest ever, right? Strongest ever out in the Pacific. Does that include the Atlantic or just just Pacific? I think it's just the Pacific. Yeah, I was on the impression it was the strongest ever. I'd have to double check because it passed Wilma, as far as I'm aware. It definitely did pass Wilma, but the question is: Wasn't Wilma the strongest ever? In the Atlantic? In the Atlantic, yes. Had the lowest pressure in the Atlantic. So it passed that. Because, yeah. Okay, yeah, it didn't pass other others from the past. Yeah. There were a few others in the Western Pacific, I think, right? Yeah, I think... Was it the... Well, you, you had uh, you had Haiyan from uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> was that stronger? I think it was stronger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see what the analysis they gave this. When they do that, do they count the... Typhoons as yeah, well? Yeah, of course. I think they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So its maximum sustained wind was 200 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. With the pressure of, I think, 880? Wow. Yeah, I think it was 880. Yeah. And the one was like 883? Yep. Wow, that's impressive. So, I mean, I don't know. I have to go back and double check and see what uh, high-end's uh, sense of pressure was, because I think it may have been a little bit lower than 880. Interesting. And I think it did have stronger maximum sustained winds not complaining about that yeah but of course so i'm taking uh okay yeah that's what they're saying i'm taking um a precipitation seminar which it which is a uh, seminar taught by joshua warman he's the um he's the He's the lead researcher over at the Center for Severe Weather Research, and he's been teaching us a lot about dual Doppler mm. analysis. And he's 
he's uh, showed a bunch of his work on hurricanes and some of the dual Doppler analysis from that. And he's basically said, come down and said that, you know, many times when you have a maximum sustained wind mm-hmm. from a hurricane, it's generally not sustained that long mm-hmm. of a period of time. Like how long would you say? Like maybe minutes. So I, I think I think maybe it's more of a uh, of a more maybe more of a media stunt than than anything. I think whatever. it is. I mean, why would you have maximum sustained wind? Right, they? right. Why would they just say wind gusts then? Well, I, I can I can I can speak from experience from living through, from a few of these hurricanes. Whenever they, whenever Ivan made landfall, it apparently had winds of 135 miles per hour or 130 miles per hour, and then it made landfall. And I think the strongest winds that we had in our county, at least as far inland as we are, which is about 45 miles from Gulf Shores, we probably experienced no stronger than 100, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit higher than that. So obviously that's a bit far off from 130. So you're saying as it moves inland, it weakens rapidly? It can. Or are you just saying like in general, if it's out over the ocean and the maximum sustained wind is 130? It's only 130, hardly any of the time. I mean, it's it's really. Much I think less. well, it's, so it's what, friction, right? Friction's part of yeah. It, right? Friction plays a part plays a part in the in the weakening stage of it. But I think you know whenever whenever uh, the the pilots go out for for air for a recon flight to uh to survey how strong the hurricane is. Yeah. As you guys know, they uh, they survey the hurricane from a certain altitude because if they get they go too low, then you know they're they're kind of at the mercy of the hurricane. So they have to stay at a certain altitude, and so therefore they can't really get the surface maximum sustained wind. But it's but it's essentially interpolated yeah. to become cert- to be a certain amount, and so it's kind of like log equation or something. Yeah, I'm not not exactly sure how they figure it out, but. Mm-hmm. It is an interpolation. It is an estimate, and just from, just from uh, you know, experiencing these storms, you know, maybe not on the coast but near the coast, I know that you know the you know whenever you're mm-hmm. within the strongest bands and even within the eye wall, that the the wind intensity isn't always the maximum that is, you know, reported. That would make sense, I guess. I mean, if you're saying maximum wind or something like that, it's, yeah, it's like the ho- the highest that they're measuring in some set time interval, right? Mm-hmm. I guess it's not, you know, like the mean wind or something right. like that. But yeah, I mean, certainly, I guess you could debate it. Do you guys know what today is a three year anniversary of? Uh, let me think. So it's October twenty eighth. Uh, no, no, twenty ninth. Sorry. Yeah. A hurricane? Yeah. Um, Rita? Wilma? No. Wilma was 2005. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) You said how many years ago? Three. Oh, uh, a hurricane? Sandy? Yeah. Sandy, of course. Superstorm Sandy. Sandy, oh my goodness. Made landfall in New Jersey three years ago today. Of all places. Jersey or the Jersey Shore? 
<laughs> Maybe Long Island, I don't remember. I don't know the geography there, so. <laughs> but, yeah. So. That's interesting. Could have been Hurricane uh, Joaquin or whatever. Wa- Joaquin. Or Joaquin, yeah. Joaquin. Joaquin, yeah. yeah. That was an interesting hurricane. Which, yeah. uh, thanks to Sandy, I think part of my funding is being funded by this Sandy supplemental grant funding. Really? Apparently, that's what I heard. I heard. Yeah. Oh wow! Very good. So, Interesting. So whenever people in our research group submit a job in the supercomputer, it basically like has the highest priority than like anyone else. Why? Because it's, I guess this this uh, project is like a higher hmm. uh, priority for the government or something. I don't know. So. Thank you, Sandy. <laughs> Sorry, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, man. So what do you think about Patricia? Well, just as quick as it strengthened, it weakened. Yeah, just as quick as it strengthened, it weakened, and I think maybe the uh, the wind field wasn't quite as impressive as they once once uh, thought it was because the the uh, the rate the diameter of the maximum sustained winds were not quite as large, or even the map, the the diameter of the hurricane force winds mm-hmm. were not quite as large as originally thought. Because when you looked at it on, on like a sat on like a satellite loop, you know, you know, you you thought, oh man, this the storm is massive. It's big. Yeah, and it's it's symmetrical. It's got this beautiful eye with a, with a nice eye wall. But then some somewhere somewhere along the lines. It, you know, when when we thought, oh, it's just undergoing a eye, eye wall replacement cycle, it's a, it's strengthening its wind field. Maybe in fact it was weakening it. Would you say the main reason? Yeah. Would you say the main reason it dissipated so quick was the mountains over Mexico? I think, I think maybe that was yeah, that was certainly a part. I mean, of it's it. definitely the possible after it made landfall. Yeah, after it made landfall, but what? But what explains why? it was starting to weaken before it made landfall. I think that's a huge topic of discussion and well, research because... Were there cold waters just no. just offshore? I don't believe so. But, uh... Wind, sure. wind shear? That's a good question. Doesn't look sheer. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really sure. But, Convert, you know, there, can, have been, there have been times where... It just collapsed. If, if, Was a, it... if a hurricane, you know, if a hurricane is undergoing strengthening when it makes landfall, it can still strengthen even after the eye goes over land, hmm. and then over time it'll it'll weaken. And then there are other times if it's undergoing weakening as it moves over yeah. land, it'll weaken that much faster. Yeah, so it got obliterated. Right. So it's. Would it be something related to what you said earlier? Like, you know, it can sustain, like, a really high wind speed for a short amount of time. Right. But then it just, like, spins down, like, rapidly. Yeah. Just randomly or something. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe maybe it was in a state where, you know, by the time it did make landfall, it, it, was, it was in a, perhaps it was in a vulnerable state of some sort where it was in a spin down period. It was going to undergo 
a, a, a Winfield change and an Iowa replacement cycle, and then bam, here comes the landmass. And it just yeah. I, I don't really know though. I mean, it's tough to really say at this point. There'll be some research. I mean, are the mountains like really close? Yeah. To the land? Yeah. I mean, to the to the the coast. Mm-hmm. So it's a hundred miles. They hit them pretty hard. Yeah. So I mean, is there maybe an influence before it makes landfall that it's interacting with the mountains so far out because it's such a large storm? It's a good question. I don't I mean, know. It's probably slowing down the north east quadrant, but who knows? I mean, maybe perhaps the the ambient bands on the out, on the outer portion of the hurricane are somehow influencing the inner core, like stabilizing the. The outer, um, the uh, the outer something. something? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we don't know. Just random questions. That's an interesting question, though. I mean, yeah, I'm, it's crazy. It'd be interesting to to look into that closer, especially especially for for researchers. So it made mm-hmm. landfall on the October twenty third, which was Monday. Is that what day that was? No, well, must have been see. Friday. Mm-hmm. What? See, tomorrow's the third. Yeah. Friday. Mm-hmm. Last Friday? Yeah. 26 and was Monday. Sunday, there was, the remnants moved into Texas. Yeah, it just looks like... Extensive flooding. You notice how, notice how like maybe yeah. 50 miles before it hits land, it... Just gone. It, yeah, the eye, the eye's just gone, and that just makes me... I mean, leads me to believe that maybe it was just trying to undergo... Some sort of, pro- some sort of uh, process to uh, adjust the wind field, and then you know it re- just ran out of real estate at that point. Yeah, because the eye shrunk and tightened. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was going to expand again. Yeah. Yeah, but that was it's gone. But anyways, yeah. That was a lot of rain in Texas when I saw it on radar. Oh my goodness! Yeah. They were in a drought. I I wonder. If yeah. They eliminated the drought or not? But there was uh. <sighs> When it moved further into Louisiana, I just remember looking at the radar and I saw the entire state of Louisiana <laughs> covered by the remnants of Patricia. Yeah. On radar. <laughs> like, there was not a single <laughs> portion of the state that was covered you know, with no signal. It's pretty amazing. Pretty awesome. Five to ten inches of rain, I think. Wow. Yeah, or more. Yeah. I don't know. Well, probably some places got more. Man, so much flooding this year. Yeah, yeah just except for yeah. Pacific Storm. Except for California. They flooding can't get Louisiana. in. Yeah. yeah. I guess well, they're just... Yeah. Well even, well, even California, I think, recently has had a few... Has had a few storms develop. They have. The southern part of the state, which has certainly helped with their, with their drought. Some. I mean, maybe it hasn't significantly you know put a dent into the drought but certainly it stopped the forest fires at least yeah and the wildfires yeah i think it'll mainly depend on their snowpack this year yeah like in the sierras and mm-hmm. already got some snow up there so if that keeps up it'll be good yeah. for their water supply next year but we'll hope that el nino has a positive impact yeah we can discuss it maybe later but there was the climate prediction center that put out the winter forecast but they basically said that you know it's a strong el nino but it will probably won't alleviate the drought over california they would need like 
so much more rain <laughs> or snow. Well, like five years worth. Of rain. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not possible. <laughs> we're not laughing, people. But. Yes, we're not laughing at California. With you, no. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> well. So. Uh, so yeah. Anything uh, else on Patricia? Well, I, I did want to add a little bit on uh, Joaquin. Oh, yeah? Did Go you, for it. Did you guys discuss Joaquin last time? No. no that was a long time ago, though. Yeah. We it, discussed it, why the the models and whatnot. Is that what you're getting at? You can go for it. Well, not, I mean... I'd like to hear what you have to say. <laughs> not just that, but it's just so in, it's just so interesting. because, As you guys know, one, one of the possible triggers for the Boulder Flood was the moisture that it was receiving from from two tropical cyclones yep. that were to the south. And now we had we have another scenario where Joaquin, when the forecast tracks originally had it moving over land and then over time the the models adjusted it to moving well away from land and, and as a matter of fact close to Bermuda mm. places like that. What what that what it also did is it contributed to the floods that moved over South Carolina, along with the fact that we had this frontal boundary that's that basically stamped itself over the over the east coast, and that the movement of that moisture as it ran into the front basically went o- went over the front because it's forced to rise over the front yeah. and produce this large swath of precipitation over pretty much just South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For days. Yeah. Which is just mind-boggling to me. And the fact that it stayed over South Carolina, you had you had high pressure to the north that was bringing some dry air into North Carolina, which might explain why North Carolina was, you know, unscathed. For the most part, and we were that far. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the state was. The coast was pretty wet. Yeah, but but as for the state of South Carolina, I mean, for it to be in such a concentrated area like that seems a bit surprising, especially if the flow, if the main flow over the area is basically an onshore flow, which which was the case there. So that's pretty unique in that you had, a, again, we had another major flood event like that and that it was, I mean, it was widespread, but it was, when you think about it, it was kind of isolated too. Yeah. It was also a cutoff upper low pressure system. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that was what we had in Colorado too. You know, it was basically cut off from, cut the, off from the jet flow. stream. Yeah. yeah. Constant flow of moisture. Stagnant weather pattern. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Doesn't help if you got a hurricane. No. Right next door. <laughs> yeah, maybe what you need for flooding, I guess, is these cutoff systems that just kind of sit there and rotate. Yep. And you bring in the tropical moisture. You get yep. all the ingredients that you need. Indeed. It's a unique time of year. It is, yeah. And it's so, and it's really so warm down there. And. And so the moisture, and so the moisture availability, the mixing ratios are going to be through the roof down there. So you're you're going to have tons of available liquid water content 
mm-hmm. and precipitable water to just dump down on wherever it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> imagine if there were if the Rocky Mountains were over there. Oh man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you basically get your you could basically ski right now if you I wanted. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> they could they could turn off their snow machines. That's I for know. sure. Actually, yeah. you bring that up, but uh, I think probably a basin is probably going to open up this weekend. I think it did today. Oh, it did, did today? I, today or some, tomorrow? Someone told me that it was opening up today with Loveland. Yep. Yeah, they're usually the first. The first two. Yeah, they're ready to go. Yep. That means they got to get that powder cast going. I know. Boulder cast. <laughs> Don't yep. remind me. You're slacking. Oh boy. <laughs> well, it's it's good to know that uh, that the signs of winter are starting to creep up on us. It would it'll be nice to get back out there. Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice. Andy, did you get a season pass this year? I got two two five packs. Oh, okay. One to Winter Park and one to Copper. Oh, very good. So we should go sometime. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Ben, how about you? No skiing for me. No skiing for you? Playing it safe. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't want to be like Sonny Bono, I guess. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or Andy Crenn. Spending money on other extreme sports. There you go. I don't know what that would be. Fall, <laughs> Fallout 4 on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's extreme, man. <laughs> NHL 16. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, good discussion on the uh, Patricia and yeah. Joaquin. Glad to contribute. For sure. What about the weather in Boulder? Oh, boy. You know, where we live, where we're currently recording, Boulder yeah. County. Yeah, we don't live in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> we sure don't live in New York City. That's true as well. Or South Carolina. Yeah. So, what happened, guys? We had um, pretty much, I would say, wow, it's so hard for me to remember the past. Well, you wrote this week's post. So I did. You should little, remember it all. A little over a week ago, we had we had a pretty nice upslope event. Yep. We talked about that last time. Okay. But if you got <laughs> more to input. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure. It was, yeah, it was good. It was touched on. Oh, yeah, we talked good. about it and we oh, yeah. got... Um, Almost two inches of rain. That's awesome. Yeah. Mountains got some snow. I will have to look into it for my research. What's that? You the, should. This upslope event. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are you going to? If I can find the, the wind data from an NCAR researcher I need to re, I need to contact, then uh, absolutely. Why did you like that event so much? Well, I mean, it, it's a it's a pretty intense event. And as you said, mm-hmm. we, we received two inches of rain from it, and so chances are there was probably some orographic enhancement from it that that produced the the convergence zones that I'm doing research on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with I'd that. I'd like to know. Yeah. It was pretty substantial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For October. Yeah. It it's not cold enough for snow. Yeah, it's too bad. Close. <laughs> but then again, my prediction holds up. November 15th, first snow is still my prediction, and it still holds on. We'll hold that to you. Let's hope. <laughs> or actually, really, I, do, I want to snow, so I hope it comes <laughs> sooner than that. <laughs> but, uh... Okay. So, yeah. This week was pretty seasonal. 
Yeah, I would say pretty seasonal, yeah. Highs between 55 and 65 every day. Yeah. Yeah. Any chances for snow? None, none whatsoever. Not even an overnight snow. Event. Well, I mean, we didn't have to. We didn't have any snow in Boulder, but we did have. Uh, yeah. We had an upper upper level uh, short wave coming in from the northwest Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that brought a decent amount of snow for the mountains. Nice. Some northwest flow. Nothing crazy. Yeah. I don't know how much snow they got. I'm not sure. Yeah. I know it was snowing in Breckenridge. And probably Steamboat, because that's kind of like a favored northwest area. Yeah. You but. can see the big cloud up there on Wednesday. Yeah. Tuesday, could, I think. Tuesday, yeah. You couldn't see the mountains, so that's always a good sign. Very cool. But in Boulder, um, we got a trace of rain on, I want to say Wednesday? Uh, Tuesday, right? With the I cold. got it right in front of me. <laughs> Tuesday with the cold front. Kind of in the... Afternoon hours, I think it was. It's like a brief shower or two. Um, the twenty seventh. Yeah, t- Tuesday. <clears throat> yeah, Tuesday. Just a real brief shower. Yeah. No, nothing measurable. I think the thing interesting with that front on Tuesday mm-hmm. was that it seemed to come through a lot earlier than maybe we had expected, or at least I expected. <laughs> This week has been interesting for fronts. It has, in yeah. In general. I think it's been like a really weird pattern. But you're right, that front on Tuesday came through at 9 a.m. Yeah. Did the models. And right before that, the temperature jumped up uh-huh. like just into the 60s real quick. Mm-hmm. And then dropped back down yeah. into the upper 40s. And then rose back up to the 60s in the afternoon. <laughs> How well did the models handle the the frontal movement and passage? Well, probably bad. Yeah, on Sunday it looked you could see the wind shift at the 850 millibar level, um, but yeah, it was showing it more like mid to late afternoon. I mean, it had slightly north winds in the morning, right? But you didn't really see the cold air coming in later. Or until later in the day, and so my thinking was, you know, maybe it's just seeing sort of the the trough initially. Right. But maybe just the GFS was too slow. I didn't really compare it to the European model to see if that was faster, but, yeah. Yeah. It didn't end up mattering that much for highs. No. (laughs) Because we almost got spot on, even though it was a 9 a.m. high. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just crazy how quickly the temperature shot up. Did you guys see the temp- this graph from yesterday? No, I didn't, I didn't um, see it. You gotta look at it. Temperature in dew point. Look, we had this going on at 9 a.m. Sharp increase. And we see this huge moisture dry out. Dry out. And the same thing uh. happened in the evening. <laughs> like, as soon as it shifted to westerly wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, got a, we got some, like, downslope or something. Yep. As soon as it shifted to downslope, the temperature jumped up, like, 10 degrees and the dew point dropped 30 degrees. It only lasted for a couple hours. It was just a weird pattern. I I don't know why it was switching rapidly throughout the day multiple times. Yeah, I do do recall it being gusty for for a few hours during the day. It was just interesting. Yeah. And then basically the cold air kind of really shifted off to the east on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of warmed back up. Oh, yeah. But then what I believe happened today, Thursday... Is mm-hmm. that 
some of that cold air kind of re-entrenched itself across northeast Colorado, mm-hmm. including like Boulder County. And that's why we are cooler today, I believe. I think there's a high, is there a high pressure? Something like that, I think. Like yeah. in Nebraska? There were some hints of that in the models on Sunday, but it wasn't sure how far west that was going to come yeah, back in. Right. thought there'd be a little bit cooler today than yesterday. Yeah. And it was much cooler. It was, yeah. It was chilly. Uh, what was our high today? Yesterday was 60, and today, Thursday, 53. Yeah. Tomorrow was, should possibly be colder. Yeah, so, at least. Yeah. Yep. That time of year. <laughs> but, yeah, we didn't have much interesting going on this week. Yep. But, yeah, the other question I had about today was, like, it was really cloudy. And mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it to be cloudy today. And it was a lot of high clouds. Right. And so I was, like... You know what's driving the upper levels this this day compared right. to what I didn't see, but obviously the jet streams overhead. But it was supposed to be somewhat of a ridge, so I was like That's trying to saw. trying yeah. to figure out. Freddie, what... I remember your post you made on the Bouldercast, <laughs> quoting you. Okay. As we go into Thursday, Boulder will be in between weather systems. The upper level low over the Midwest will be off to our east. At the same time, another trough will push in from the Pacific Northwest Wednesday and move south across California on Thursday, causing an increase in clouds for our region. Expect dry conditions with temperatures in the upper 50s. Oh, so I said clouds? Yeah, you said increasing clouds throughout the day, and you said especially high clouds. Wow. You really nailed it, (laughs) but you forgot. (laughs) I forgot. And in your post below, sunny skies giving way to increasing afternoon high clouds. Wow, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Unless I updated this. I'm not sure. No. <laughs> I guess I can remember that, yeah. But, yeah, I guess it just could be the approaching trough. That's probably what it was, um, yeah. Maybe you're just thinking of a different day. Could have been Wednesday. It was a little cloudy on Wednesday. It was sunny, but it wasn't as sunny. Yeah. I mean, we had some wave cloud action. Yeah. A lot of days this week. The question will be tomorrow in terms of the high temperature. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it'll depend on how cloudy it is, but I'm guessing it'll be pretty cloudy, so. Yeah. Yeah. I would expect it to be. Yeah. Um, and that system is just continuing to. And the, the models pretty much nailed that system for tomorrow pretty well. Yeah, it's. When, seems... you made a, when you made your forecast on Sunday, because it's pretty much. Actually, it's even further south slightly. It's even more <laughs> further south than it was. Well, I think earlier in the week. They were projecting Denver and Boulder to receive, you know, some sort some sort of rain out of it. And while they still may have it that way, I think the the rain potential is starting to decrease a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we And the time and I think also the timing of Oh yeah. Of the of when the rain was coming has also shifted. Yeah, to it's a earlier. Bit earlier mm-hmm. than because initially I think they had they had the rain forming during the evening hours tomorrow, and now they have it during the day. Yeah. If we get any at all. Yeah. That's all, yeah. We got a good forecast for tomorrow. Partly sunny, becoming mostly cloudy in the afternoon. Isolated showers possible, mostly south of Denver. Yep. Highs yep. in the low 50s. I think that'll still be valid. I, I think, think so. A little bit, I think it'll be a little cooler tomorrow. I don't know, though. Will we be able to get out of the 40s? That's the question. That's going to be tough. Probably not. Probably not. But I don't think it'll be raining, so. I don't think so, either. I think think we're 
gonna be safe in the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we want to postulate about uh, Halloween forecast? Even though this podcast might not be published until after that. Let's do it. Let's do it. It might be published tomorrow, the day before Halloween. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. But I haven't looked at the weather. I haven't either. I think. But I it looks like maybe <laughs> yeah. It looks like sort of like a weak ridge. Yeah. Building in from the west. Yeah, I mean. Because that system's gonna go way south and push east. Yeah, so we move through Kansas. So we have that trough that's you know that's building right now and it's moving off to our south, and then and then behind that we have we have a ridge that's gonna build in nicely and our and our winds at the surface appear to be shifting back to the west mm-hmm. now depending on how strong that that westerly flow how long how long the uh, the westerly wind fetch is may determine whether or not we get some uh, some downslope activity but. I think it's safe to say that we our temperatures should rebound and we should should be in store for a really nice weekend, especially yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, so, it'll be warming up more. Yeah, so uh, so for Sunday night football, hopefully Peyton Manning will be feeling good for for some, for some uh, for to play well. What about for the trick or treaters? Oh yeah, that's true. We'll but, probably expect sixties during the day. My yeah. thing, my thinking, and then well, if you I'm probably sorry, a yeah. crisp, cool night, you know. The, so what? What time did for you trick guys or treating? Start trick or treating. <laughs> I would say it was probably like five thirty six. Yeah, sounds about right. I think I was after that, <laughs> and my parents didn't even get home until from work and, <laughs> until like five, and we'd eat dinner and go. So I don't know. Did you? Uh, it would have to be dark when you go. You wouldn't go when the sun was still up. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Did you did you trick or treat whenever, whenever like everyone else was already finished? I don't even remember. <laughs> I can't remember trick or treating. How old were you in a, for your last year of trick or treating? I don't know did that you, either. You don't know that. I moved to a sparsely populated area. Okay. In the woods. I think <laughs> I, I didn't have neighbors really that many. Embarrassed to say, I think so I may think? have been seventeen. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Like legit, legit trick or treating with your parents or with your like friends? Oh, with friends. Yeah, but we we really we were really. Uh, That's pretty hardcore. We really wanted the candy. Yeah. I, <laughs> I really can't remember. Andy, what about you? It might have been like sophomore or junior year in high school. Yeah. Sounds about right. Possibly. Yeah. I don't think I trick or treated after I was ten. Wow, you were. Well, that's different. <laughs> I remember being home and trick-or-treaters coming to the door. That's basically the law of the land. <laughs> I don't remember ever, I mean, like... We... But I mean, when I was little. I, think... I remember, like, kids coming to my house when I was little and not going yeah. myself. I think we, uh... Andy, Andy and I, we we're, passed the... We're we, so... we probably passed the average threshold. <laughs> <laughs> we're a select group of people. Yeah, yeah. that is funny. But yeah, the weather just looks great. Really does. There's I mean, pretty much no chance to rain on Saturday mm-hmm. or Sunday, like you yeah. said. So it's I think it'll be good, good good for the yeah. whatever costume you got. Definitely might be a little chilly though. Yeah, maybe you not want to show as much. Get the gloves on. Your, Get the gloves. Bundle your kids yeah. up a little better. Yeah. <laughs> also, we probably should remind them that this weekend is to turn your clocks back one hour. That's true. Sleep in, folks. You get an extra, get an extra hour, hour to party hour. on Halloween yeah. evening. 
<laughs> it's like timed perfectly this time around. So yeah, our sunset will be going from about 6 p.m. to 5 p.m. And our sunrise will be changing from 7.30 to 6.30, which I'll be happy about. <laughs> I like waking up to the sun. I In some ways I do, but it just... But the sunset... Just yeah. wakes me up so early. I also... Oh. <laughs> I really don't like the sun setting so soon, though. I agree. Yeah. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah, <laughs> yeah take... It really is. <laughs> I mean, it just, seem, just seems like you're. It's taking like half the day away. Then again, I, I'm a late riser. Yeah. I don't mm. know. I like it's just, the sunrise is beginning too late lately. It has been. I like to not set an alarm for work and just wake up naturally. Yeah. But it's, I've been cutting it close these last like two weeks. Like <laughs> sometimes I don't wake up until eight. <laughs> it's impossible for me. I have to have an alarm. I, I, every single morning I set like five or six consecutive alarms Whoa. every five minutes just to make sure I'll wake up. You don't push news? You have five literally different alarm clocks yes. in your bedroom? Yeah. <laughs> cancel them, go back wow. to sleep. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> wow, I'm not that bad. I'm pretty bad. I just wake up when the sun hits me in the eye. Well, I think, I think part of it is, so... So my girlfriend's a nurse and she works the night shift. And so she, when she sleeps during the day, she has to cover the curtain. She has to cover the window. So we purchased these curtains to basically make the bedroom completely pitch black. You can pull this back. (laughs) (laughs) You can pull it back to help yourself wake up. But yeah, it's hard waking up when it's dark, like I'm saying. It is. Yeah, so I'm happy to have a new earlier sunrise. Yeah, but are you guys going trick or treating? No, no. not going to push into your thirties. No. <laughs> You're not going to be that Maybe guy. I should. I am thirty years old now. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome Just, to the thirties. Thank you. With Andy. <laughs> Woo. That's right. Woo. I'm still rocking the twenties club. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. So uh, um, tomorrow. I'm going. I'm going to Elitch Gardens, and I think Andy. Yeah, you're also going to be joining. I think I'm going to join you. So uh, the out the costume that I have, if Uh-oh. it's not too cold. Uh oh. Um, my girlfriend and I are going to be pl- are going to be thing one and thing two from Doctor Seuss. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> is that green? I don't even know what that is. It's a, It's basically a. <laughs> I don't remember Doctor Seuss. Like a. A, a red, a red furry one piece suit, and uh, that co- pretty much covers our whole body. And we have this blue wig, and we have we have this like Velcro, this Velcro sticker that uh, says Thing One and Thing Two. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're basically characters from Doctor. Okay, Seuss. yeah, yeah. I only know the cat. I don't know cat and hat. Yeah, <laughs> green eggs and hat. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know what Joseph's going to be. Do you know? He keeps talking about it. It sounds I like he's, to... he's going shirtless, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess Bruce Lee, but he wouldn't confirm it. No, yeah. it's probably uh, it's probably Tom Brady. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, that'd be interesting. That wouldn't... Ooh, it might be Tom Brady. Well, yeah. He, he has the helmet already and the jersey. So, I, I asked him... <laughs> 
what what who he who he was gonna be for Halloween or what he was gonna be for Halloween, and he wouldn't tell me. But then I saw a post on Facebook that that said that he had shown his costume to uh, Evan. Evan. Yeah, I saw and, that. Yeah, you saw that. Uh huh. And I was offended. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you're like you showed Evan, but not me. And then we're office mates. <laughs> yeah, but. That was funny. Oh, well. I wonder what it is. I don't know. I'll find out tomorrow evening. I bet it's something Bruce Lee. Maybe. I have no idea, though. Nah. We'll find out. We'll find out next week of the podcast. Maybe maybe it's a shirtless Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a funny costume to just carry around like two flat footballs. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And a broken cell phone. (laughs) That would be hilarious. That would be. That'd be cool. Joseph, ideas for next year, buddy. <laughs> the one person who probably isn't listening to this podcast, <laughs> Joseph. Did you guys carve pumpkins? No, we haven't carved them yet. You just have them? We have them. We'll, I think we're going to carve them maybe while the trick-or-treaters are coming on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, I didn't carve. You'll probably get some trick-or-treaters in, in your area. I hope not, because I didn't buy any candy. <laughs> Still got two days. I don't know. <laughs> you just make some banana... I'm just ma- hoping to not be home. You could just make some pum- <laughs> pumpkin bread and just hand that out. I could. They'd be like, wow, this guy made homemade pumpkin bread. That's way better than candy. Their parents just throw it away because they think there's like poison or, in it. Remember, it is kids. Don't eat that, little baby. Don't I mean, eat that. <laughs> I, I think... <laughs> I think the demeanor of the kids would be more like, what? He gave me pumpkin bread? Lame. <laughs> What's that? Until they taste it. I'd be like, well, it has chocolate chips, Timmy. Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like those. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess I sh- should get something. Um, nah, I'm not as hopeful as Matt. You're pretty hopeful that you're going to get a whole it's a nice ton it's a nice apartment complex. We have we have a nice subdivision next to us. I don't know, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna let the leasing agent know that we are expecting trick or treaters. Why? So ho- well, because I want her to spread the word. Hopefully, to the to the nearby subdivision. Is she really gonna do that? Maybe. Oh, maybe. I- They're like sends out an email. All right, guys. It- this apartment in this complex is expecting to be <laughs> they have candy to go to this apartment. Well, I've seen I, not just us, but I've seen other apart I've seen other apartments in this complex oh. with decorations and really nice ones. Yeah, like there's this there's this one complex there's this one apartment over here that has basically you know put board, put together a graveyard. Wow, in their in uh, yard. Yeah, like in the yard out in front of their apartment. Wow. That's a little hardcore. Pretty impressive looking. Ooh. That is impressive. <laughs> but, well. I did have a question about your pumpkin bread. Okay. <laughs> for the, That's not weather related, but well, I can answer it. <laughs> for, for, for the second year in a row, I put chocolate chips in it. Uh-huh. And, and then they all sink to the bottom. They all sink to the bottom, and like it, I couldn't, when I... You know, turn it upside down to get it out. The bottom like sticks to the. Do you the... flour it when you put it in there? I did this time, yeah. Do you grease it and then flour it? Yeah. 
So why did the well, how come you don't get your chips synced into the bottom? It must be cons- something to do with like the viscosity of your batter. Yeah, I need mine stays suspended in the batter. So I need maybe less water or something. Um, maybe. Less do you liquid? melt your butter? Yeah. Are you supposed to? I don't know. I don't. That use would be my guess. That you're melting your butter too much. Okay. Instead of what it le- like melting it just slightly so it's soft. I'm not sure though. That would make sense. Use a mixer to make that, right? No, I just use my. I just mix it. Interesting. I'm pretty sure I use a mixer. That's probably. Better. All right. There's some tips for you, <laughs> and the home listeners. All right. I'll upload the recipe on our website. <laughs> <laughs> I'll include it in the links to this podcast. We'll uh, we'll expect a follow up on this. <laughs> I'm gonna make some for Saturday. Oh, very good. Oh, so. you should. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I gotta make something now. What am I gonna make? I'm gonna have some. Is it pumpkin themed? I have to make something pumpkiny. Yeah, probably. I'll probably have a pumpkin pie or something. I don't know. Ooh, we could have do some a cider. Pumpkin, uh, <laughs> pumpkin pie shots. What's a pumpkin pie shot? I don't know, but I know it exists. <laughs> right? You heard of this? Uh, I think you're on your own on this one. All right. <laughs> all right, you guys can all forget it. I'm looking it up right now. Sounds good, though. Anything else weather-related? I know it exists. <laughs> well, um, no, not really. That's what happens when the pattern's so, so inactive. Well, yeah. this is better than it's been. That's true. We're already almost double the average rainfall for October, so <laughs> only a few days left. We're doing pretty well. Yeah. Look, pumpkin pie jello shots. Oh my! <laughs> wow! I'm not gonna go that hard. That's <laughs> oh come on, Ben. They you made their own little bread cups. You brought it to our attention. You just put it in shot glasses, and then it's like certain stuff you mix, and then you like, mm. sprinkle something on top of it. I that sounds it pretty is. good. That does but, sound pretty good. I don't know. I'll look this up and might do it for this super exciting trick-or-treating fest, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> chef Ben. That's nah, not Chef. That we might want to... Mixologist. Mixologist. <laughs> Mixology. Baker. What? We might want to let our listeners know that as soon as the winter season does come around for Boulder, we'll probably, and on this podcast and even on our website, we'll probably do like, uh, you know, recaps of these storms. Tell you kind of what how it happened, what led to the snowfall, to kind of give you an idea for how we forecast these events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, snow snowstorms are the most interesting thing around here. Yeah. Everybody's always interested in how much snow they're going to get and why it happened. It will be interesting to see how big the snowstorms get this year, assuming we get big ones. I'm hoping. At least one big one. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a good thing. Remind them. Remind the listeners. Indeed. Stick with us through the winter. It'll get more interesting. It will. It's not just, hey, we had a big ridge last week. <laughs> Let's talk about Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the tropics. Because <laughs> there's nothing exciting going on in Colorado. Well, we, have a, we have about another month remaining officially of hurricane season before it's over in the tropical Atlantic. So, mm-hmm. uh, ever... Ever since Joaquin, I mean, the tropics have been quiet as can be. Yeah, really. Do you think it's pretty much done? Or would you give it a few more weeks? Oh, man. Who who knew that Joaquin was coming? So, 
What's know, up? I, I would say that I would say that we're done, but who knows? I wonder if did anyone notice if Patricia had like a slightly northward track, or why it didn't redevelop over the Gulf? If it was just too disorganized, or if it was never made it back over open water? Yeah, I think I think may I think maybe it was just too disorganized by the time. I mean, across the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's no small feat. No, definitely not. <laughs> Probably also extra tropical at that point, too, to some right? some extent. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it was definitely... Still, it could redevelop. They've been known to go across... They can, the, but... Usually Central America, <laughs> where it's a little bit less <laughs> extreme. <laughs> the trajectory of the storm was, you know, it was moving at a... Yeah. I think a rapid. much more brisk pace at oh, that yeah. point. That's so. weird. It was booking it so fast. Yeah. Made it from landfall to Texas in like, yeah. like 36 hours. So so by, by the time, you know, that, that was happening, I mean, it probably just didn't have a chance to, even if it was over, over water for a longer period of time, it, it probably just didn't have enough time. Mm-hmm. And if there was a more favorable weather pattern, it could have came towards us. Perhaps. That was <laughs> wasn't a good system. Yeah, you can imagine that. Needed a blocking ridge over the east. Yeah, but there wasn't. <laughs> no ridge this time. Then we get some upslope flow, and probably some really intense upslope flow for this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, one quick thing about next week. Next week. Um. The first week of November? First week oh. of November. It's already gone. And one week closer to my prediction coming through. Ooh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no <I'm just> <laughs> I already lost. I said, I said the last week of the October. I already lost. I don't know. I, I can't remember what I said. Yeah, you oh, I have to go back and listen to that one. But so anyways. is it is it one... Was this one of those bids where we're saying the actual day without going over? <laughs> I don't know what the stipulations were. It's like, it's like the price is right. <laughs> I don't know. But. Interesting. It is. It is. Well, do we want to move ahead to our topic? Yeah. Before it gets too late? <laughs> so, Let's do it. So. What is the topic? So. What was that? Tuesday? We went to the Century Boulder Discount Day? Yeah, Tuesday. Movie theater with Andy, Joseph, and I. We invited Matt, of course. But he already saw the movie we wanted to see. Well, our, okay. our, our other Matt went with us. Went with us. Yes, we had other Matt went with us. Matt Brower, <laughs> shout out. Very cool. Shout out to Matt. He's hey a, Matt, he's a long time listener. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, not sure actually, but we hope. Yeah, he's not sure. But we went and saw The Martian. Critics Ooh. have been raving it. Ooh. Everyone who's seen it hasn't hated it. It was actually a good movie. I would say it was really good. Yeah, I was impressed with the movie. Overall, kept up the pace throughout the entire movie. And just some of the kind of cinematography was just pretty amazing. Yeah. Like the realism they had on the terrain for Mars and some of the special effects. Yeah. I don't know what you thought, Matt. But. My main question was, well, I mean, there was some far-fetched parts to it with like, how he how he was trying to like basically get off the planet and meet up with the uh the moving aircraft or yeah space station or whatever it was oh right mm-hmm. and then the other one was 
I didn't know Mars. I mean, I guess it has an atmosphere, but I didn't know it actually had like storms and stuff yeah. like that. Um. So I don't know if that's true or real. I'm sure they did some collaboration with NASA. No, so that's totally real. So the storms are real. Yeah. So that's what I kind of wanted our topic to be about today. Just talking about the weather on Mars and a little bit about the movie. Okay. But do you guys know anything about Mars? Just from what uh, Danielle talked about on her PhD. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I knew. But I knew a little bit about it from some classes I've took and some books I've read. It's a red planet. It's a red it's planet. That's about, about as far as I go. <laughs> it has the biggest dust storms in the solar system. Wow, okay. Mostly because other planets can't have dust storms, <laughs> like Jupiter. <laughs> doesn't it, doesn't it have one of the highest mountains or something like that? Or biggest mount? mountain, Olympus Mons. I think it's... <laughs> 89,000 feet. Wow. Or is it 89 <laughs> kilometers? I think it's 89,000 feet. <laughs> See, that's what they should do. Instead like of going up Everest. Instead of going up Everest, go up Olympus Mons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so Mars has an interesting weather scenario, right? Because it doesn't really have much of an atmosphere at all. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's because, you know why that is? Is that because... Well, basically, it doesn't have much of a magnetic field. Yeah. And so, a lot of this solar uh, storm activity kind of basically destroyed much of its atmosphere. Yep. But I don't know if that's the reason why. That's true. I mean, that's the theory. I mean, do they really know? <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah, the the planet's so small that its core cooled really fast. And it lost its, you know, internal moving uh, metal core, so like the Earth has. So it lost this magnetic field, and then you're right, the solar wind could just Destroy basically it. interact as high-energy particles could interact with the um, atmosphere, mm-hmm. the outer atmosphere, and just rip it away, basically. Yeah. So over 4 billion years, it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And so what what's left is about less than 1% of Earth's atmosphere. That's about 97% carbon dioxide, 2% arg- argon, and 1% oxygen. Huh. <laughs> wow. So, just imagine having less than 1% of the air that you have now. That would be... Well, there's no oxygen anyway, so... Yeah. It's crazy. Ooh. Oh, man. But, yeah. So, what do you think temperatures are like on Mars? Any guesses? I mean, you should be able to guess based on the lack of an atmosphere. My guess was really cold at night, but then... Really kind of hot during the day. Yeah. That's pretty true. Just, so the just, diurnal temperature cycle is about 200 degrees. Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah. So if you're at the equator on Mars at the middle of the day, um, it would be approximately 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. Not bad. So you could walk around. It's not too bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, but. But. As soon as the sun goes down, it instantly drops to about negative 170. That's the fact that lacks an atmosphere. Well, yeah, there's just no atmosphere. There's nothing to keep it warm, and there's so little amount of air yeah, that... There's nothing to retain the, the infrared. Yeah. it's Yeah, so hmm. it's just got these huge swings that are just the tiny, you know, the tiny amount of molecules in the atmosphere just gaining, losing energy almost That's too bad. instantly. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of sad. Yeah. If only we could create an atmosphere. But, there. yeah. 
and I think the record high, I don't know how they where they get these measurements from, but it's like 75 degrees on Mars. Huh. <laughs> and the thing about Mars is that it's super predictable, their weather. It's nothing like Earth where it's somewhat chaotic. Hmm. Right? So basically the same, it's basically just determined by the time of year, that their weather. Oh, wow. So they'll have, say, a dust storm comes every year on October 1st. Really? Plus or minus a week. So they just know. Well, that's what they've been discovering, basically. Wow. Huh. And I have a cool paper that I was kind of generally describes the. Uh, it's called assessing atmospheric predictability on Mars using numerical weather prediction and data assimilation. Wow. Okay. But <laughs> that's impressive. That's really impressive. It's from uh, from some people at Oxford, but hmm. and 2010. But yeah, so. Um, yeah, so there's so basically just the the weather is nothing like Earth. It's not. It has it has these set waves that move around the Earth, pretty much the same time of year. You know, there's no oceans, um, and no 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 water vapor either, or, or H two O, you know, or water. Yeah. So you know where all the water the water on Mars is, right? No. <laughs> it's no in the pools trapped in ice caps. So there is some ice caps still left. Right? No, I, I don't know much about Mars. That's what I was reading. That basically there's frozen water on the poles. And it's covered with frozen CO2. And this comes back to the Martian. And we remember that when we were watching the movie, there's all kinds of, like, tornado, dust devil-looking things. Yeah. And lightning. And lightning, And yeah. clouds of some sort. And those are actually true. Then the interesting thing about Mars is that when the dust gets picked up in the atmosphere, and anytime sunlight hits that, it instantly warms up the atmosphere to crazy temperatures. Oh, and so you, you get, get huge convection. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Because so, there's so little amount of air molecules, the little bit of dust in there absorbs so much energy that it just heats up there so quickly. Wow. And you can get these huge lightning storms and dust devil-looking things. But the, are the clouds from CO2, or are they like... So there are CO2 clouds, yeah. And they do say they sometimes get CO2 snow, hmm. but it usually uh, sublimates before it hits the ground. Oh, wow. Because it's uh, too warm. But <laughs> where it's cold enough up above to support the, the carbon dioxide uh, snowfall, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Think how cold that has to be. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. We have, you know, we have our dry ice here. Yeah. On Earth, mm-hmm. that you can make in a laboratory and doesn't occur naturally anywhere. Mm-hmm. Although it might. No, I guess not. You mean on Earth? You mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you think the freezing point of carbon dioxide is? I don't know. I think you'd be able to reach it in Antarctica. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm just curious. It's only negative 68 Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, you could uh, do it. Then. So there is some, but the problem is there's not very much CO two in the atmosphere. Is that it would probably always be below the saturation <laughs> vapor pressure, right? So you would never be able to really sustain it. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's not that cold. <laughs> I mean, negative sixty eight. But I felt negative sixty eight before. It's not that bad. Your eyes just freeze shut <laughs> with every little tiny wind gust. But right. um, yeah. So what do you guys? Did you guys like the Martian? 
thought it was a great movie. Yeah. I thought it was a really good movie too. Yeah, it was good. I just had a tough time, like as the movie was happening, and just seeing things on screen that you knew were like impossible. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know the science side of me. Well, the part of I like thought that they didn't really take as seriously as they could have. They did a lot of good stuff. Don't get me wrong. They obviously did their research on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Was it? Is it really possible? Like the old rover, whatever that they had, that he dug up, would that actually make like a connection with Earth? Earth that far away? I mean, obviously he was using a satellite or something. You remember that part? I mean, it's totally possible, right? They have. I don't know. It would have been a long shot. I mean, what are the odds he could find that? I don't know. He said he. Well, I mean. Based on the movie, he, like, remembered on the map of, I guess, where the rover was. I know. Previously. But, yeah, how would you find it in all that sand? I mean, yeah. How long a years ago was that? And that was another thing about the movie. There was a quote in the movie that was basically, like, they were thinking about going back to retrieve his body. Is that a spoiler? Not really. That's what the movie's about. Spoiler. Spoiler alert, if you don't, if you have to. But they were talking about when they, (laughs) ah, it's just spoilers. I don't want to get into spoilers. But anyway, they, made, they basically made a comment that said something that it would take an entire year for dust to cover his body before they could see it. I remember that, yeah. yeah. And I thought that was crazy. There's no way it would take a whole year. You're saying a short amount of time? I, I mean, just to get a tiny layer of dust on top of him? Where they couldn't see him anymore? What if he was near the equator, I guess? <laughs> Is there less wind at the equator in Mars? I don't know. I didn't look that up. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but like the doldrums and I was just like over, yeah, yeah. <laughs> over I picture, doldrums, West Belize. <laughs> I picture Mars as being like similar to Greenland. Not in the, not in the, you know that, but in the sense that there's just all this loose debris on the surface that's always blowing around. And you know, if you not they didn't really show that in the show. Like if you put like one of those structures up, every time there's a windstorm you're gonna get almost the whole building's gonna get buried. Right. Just like in Greenland. Yeah. Like, if there's a bad windstorm, like, everything gets buried, and, and, like, up to the roof, and you have to, like, dig it out. <laughs> it scours out the, the front side and deposits behind. Yeah. And does that eddy. And you weren't, they didn't have any of that, but then I got even more thinking that, uh, so we know that there's only less than 1% of the atmosphere on Mars. So that comes down to how much force is the wind going to have to do to actually move the dust, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it turns out, and I thought it would be extremely amount, extremely like strong wind, but it takes a forty mile per hour wind just to pick up dust. Hmm. At all, like on Earth, you know, it'd probably take five, I mean, ten, maybe. Probably like ten, fifteen miles an hour. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it's crazy. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and there was just other things I was thinking about the movie when I was watching it, like the the very beginning when they're in the middle of the dust storm. Right. And when they're when that whole movie starts off and they're all just getting blown around by this crazy storm. And then if you actually do the calculation with for wind pressure, how much force the wind is pushing on you with that amount of atmosphere that they have there, a hundred mile it would take a hundred mile per hour wind on Mars would only be equivalent to a nine mile per hour wind on Earth as far as force. So, I don't know how fast those winds were. Because the people were like holding on and could barely walk. Yeah. You know? So, it had it been like, 
I don't know, like 800 mile per hour wind. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Probably not 800 miles per hour. But, yeah. The equation's <laughs> just, the force is just one half times the air density times the velocity squared. It's been a while since I did that. Yeah, so I, yeah. I looked it up today. I calculated this all. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. But yeah, it's just surprising. So that was probably far-fetched a little bit. So, and, yeah. And then also when that, like, there's, like, huge pieces of their, like, equipment blowing around, that would be pretty impossible. I think, given the, how much they would have to, um, you know, how much force the stuff's really not even exerting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, that's that's good to know. But then you also have to factor in the fact that Mars is one tenth the size of Earth, right? Is it that much? Is it just one tenth? Wow. I think as far as mass. Oh wow. Maybe not or diameter or anything. Interesting. But no, it must be more. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, it's definitely smaller. It's way smaller, but yeah. so the, the surface gravitational force is about one third of Earth. So would that be directly proportional to mass? I'm not sure. Mm, yes, it should be. Hmm. So G times M1 times M2 over R squared. <laughs> Woo. You gotta remember this. Old Physics. times. Old times. <laughs> but, yeah. So yeah, I guess it's one third the size of Earth. Interesting. But yeah, so you have to, you have to factor that in. They also didn't have that in the movie either, which they could have done. Which I also did a calculation for that. Say you had um, a rock, <laughs> okay, and you dropped it ten meters, so it's about thirty feet. On Earth, it would take one point four seconds to hit the ground. On Mars, it would take two point four seconds, so almost double. That's because the gravity's less. Well, yeah, because the gravity's slower. What's the gravity over there? Do you know? One third of Earth. So, it's about three point five. Oh wow. Um, meters per second squared. Meters per second squared, yeah. So, they didn't have that in the movie. They were dropping things a lot. And it should almost go twice as slow. If you think about something falling twice as slow as it should, it's going to look really ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to drop it, instead of taking one second, it's going to take two seconds to the ground. So. Yeah. So they didn't have that. But that's another yeah. thing they kind of ignored, I guess. Yeah. But that would also contribute, I guess, to their... Uh, stuff flying around maybe a little more so maybe it helps them in that case (laughs) for the movie but it was a good movie yeah it was good a lot of creative ideas definitely thought their their methods of communication were were intriguing because oh yeah you know over the entire the the entire progression of the movie I mean the way they had to communicate at first Compared to how they were able to communicate, you know, over time. Yeah. That was... The camera thing? Or, yeah, the ca- well. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, even just the detection of him to, to start off with, the fact that they, well, don't want to give anything away. Yeah, I guess not too many spoilers. Point. It's not really <laughs> that big of a deal. Yeah, but, not really. I mean, the fact that they, you know, use their satellites to, you know, you know, Find, you know, learn the fact that there were still images and they were changing each time. And they knew from that that he was still alive. That, you know, he wasn't just, you know, it can't 
it can't do all that on its own. So. Yeah. And, and I thought another thing they didn't really have on there was like, man, major spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but no spoilers. Yeah. Fast, fast, fast forward to the ending. At the part wanna... where there was like time sensitive things going on from Earth to Mars, that just that distance alone would take, I calculated it would take about three and a half minutes didn't, didn't, for the transmission to go and back. Didn't they say like 30 minutes or what was that? 30 Did minutes? they say 30 minutes? I don't know. I... It shouldn't be because I calculated it. Yeah, I it's mean... 55 million kilometers away. Okay. Divided by the speed of light, it comes out to like three minutes. Oh, wow. Well. If I did the calculation right. But... Hmm. Unless it was going over a different... So even that, yeah, maybe... Frequency or something? I don't know. It should all travel the same speed. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Maybe I made a math there, or they maybe, made a math there. Maybe radio waves or something? <laughs> I don't know. Either way, it di- it's not conducive to having a back and forth conversation when things are happening right. rapidly, where you need to react. Yeah. So that would be impossible. You couldn't be communicating with Earth and then giving things like that. I agree. So I don't know how they did that. <laughs> you know, it takes so long for the signal that's really far away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they were just. Um making the movie to seem like it was already fast forwarding to the point where you got the response seemed like yeah for that part yeah for the part when they were using like text messages oh right yeah but like (laughs) i guess towards the end yeah that couldn't have possibly been 30 minute gaps oh so it would take three minutes to go there and three minutes to come back so there would be at least six minutes Hmm. from my calculations before you got a response to what you just asked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Think about how far that is. Yeah. Like, we can now, we can make a phone call on Earth, and you instantly talk with, like, a one-second delay. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I don't get that, because it's, like, we're talking with sound waves. Was that transferred into light waves on the phone? I mean, how is it, like, instant? If you're using sound waves, in some some case, <laughs> you it's know, encoded dig- digitally. Your sound waves are encoded into some digital signal. Oh, okay. Sent over there and output it as sound waves again. Okay. I don't know. It's pretty miraculous. That's why they always talk about somehow they're going to be able to do the same thing with smell. Oh, it transfer that. It hmm. encodes the smell and then goes through the signal and then shoots it out for the other person so oh my i don't know i mean they could in theory build something maybe anything's possible i guess i mean i'm just thinking of the applications for that right (laughs) but um smell a cold front (laughs) there you go (laughs) i forget what else i had about the martian you guys think anything there was anything else crazy so there is lightning on Mars? So yeah, right? It's just... All you need for lightning is charge separation. And the dust particles can act for that. So... So it doesn't have to be... It's not in CO2 clouds necessarily. It's in the dust clouds. Are just, that are being yeah. just superheated by the, the sun. 
or just the atmosphere in some some cases. Yeah. And that's creating a a charge difference. I guess so. It didn't seem like it was that frequent. We don't have very much. There wasn't very much documentation of this. It's from an Earth perspective. We have a few pictures, I think, where we have like satellite zoomed in and we see it like flashes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what they have nowadays. I don't think there's ever been like a rover that's been sitting there and getting like in a lightning storm. As far <laughs> as I'm aware, they just have some yeah. scant evidence of it. Sir, <laughs> I am thirsty. <laughs> With all the lack of water on Mars, I know. Figured it was a good time to bring it out. I, like, yeah. The only question I had was like, he was making that farm farmland or mm-hmm. whatever. Is that possible? I mean, I know there's so probably that no is possible using his own so I, feces. I did a little bit of research on this, as far as that. Oh yeah, so the own feces. Of course, that's possible. The only real question was, I guess. Would the Martian soil be able to support growing something in it? Eh, of course it would, right? It's just dirt. <laughs> I guess. Especially once you had the fertilizer. Mm-hmm. But the main concern, which I was reading about from, I guess, like a botanist perspective, kind of like I'm giving, a, we're giving a meteorology perspective. There, there was a botanist perspective saying that there wouldn't have been enough oxygen. The plants would have used so much oxygen that it wouldn't. It it wouldn't, he wouldn't have been able to support that. It would have stole all the oxygen in the, the building. And they would just use way more oxygen than he would have been able to supply them for what they he got out of them. Mm. That's what I, that's what they basically said. But what about when he created the water? Is that actually real? What do you think? When he was know. burning, I have the, no idea. I think I that's mean, real. It, it was interesting to see all that play out. Yeah, that he was able to, you know basically engineer all that on its own. Yeah. That's what they... Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's one of their... Another one of their criticisms. But (laughs) apparently when they pick astronauts, they have to be really multi-talented in, like, everything. Makes sense. To be considered to be an astronaut. That's fair. You have to have lots of skills. You have to be well-rounded. Like, if you have a PhD, you're automatically out. (laughs) <laughs> probably <laughs> you know because you're going to be so focused on one thing sure more or less if anything goes wrong in any other field you're going to be in trouble right probably <laughs> unless you got multiple PhDs yeah yeah <laughs> in yeah, every like, field like five. <laughs> 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 and you're probably too old to go to space at that point yeah exactly but yeah it was it was good um so do you know how many moons Mars has? No idea. Two moons. They're was, really small, though. I was guessing one or two. I don't know, something like that. And they're much smaller than our moon in relation to Mars size. Like, the size ratio between the moon to that planet is much smaller than there. So, Mars has a much more chaotic um, tilt. Not chaotic, but a much more varying tilt. Mm-hmm. Like, our tilt only varies... A couple of degrees over mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of years. It's pretty crazy. It is. Mars at one point was at 45 degrees tilt, and now it's at 25. Wow. So how far are the moons away from I'm not Mars? sure. I just know they're small. And they can't... So moon, the moons would stabilize Earth's or, or tilt so well. 
like the gravity the gravity the gravitational relationship between both of them stabilizes mm-hmm. our tilt and our spin basically <laughs> yeah so that, so Mars doesn't have that hmm. so over the billions of years it's had crazy climates and weather but yeah I just think it's pretty cool about how it has regular weather patterns right yeah over the course of the year it's really predictable yeah, that's it's dominated by those patterns. I mean, there's some variation they're saying, but on the scale, you know, the storm might arrive a week or two earlier or later. Hmm. But, but they're the biggest dust storms in the solar system. Hmm. Wow! And it takes a 40 mile per hour wind just to pick up dust. So, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I said the dust can extend up to like 80,000, 80 kilometers. Wow, that's pretty impressive. I thought that was also kind of marginal at the beginning of the movie in The Martian where they have they're all just like hanging out outside and it's sunny and beautiful. Okay, that was another thing too. But and then all of a sudden that storm comes in and they're like this storm is going to be much worse than we were forecasting. Do you remember that? I remember that. Yeah. Like how are they forecasting on Mars other than just like looking at a satellite? That's what I was wondering about. Yeah. <laughs> like on That's Earth like <laughs> What, what, what? How much worse does it look now? I mean, it looked an hour ago. Like, I don't know, unless they had some satellite on the ground. You think they had some? Or some kind of radar. You would need, like, I don't know, soundings over maybe, the whole, like, area? Maybe some kind of personal radar on the on their I guess they could have had something like that. Maybe. I don't well, know. A long-range, like, something. So when these storms form... How, what's the magnitude of them? How large are they? Are they... Well, remember, they can be the size of the whole planet. Okay. So they can't. Yeah. That's remarkable. Yeah, so one of one storm affected one of the rovers on Mars. I forget which one. They were basically set up, you know, the, the little rover, like, drives around and does all its yeah. work. And then this storm showed up, and it had to just bunker down for weeks or months. So, they're pretty big. Hmm. Like, maybe like as big as, I don't know. Mars is much smaller than Earth, so, I don't know. As big as the whole United States? <laughs> the whole North America? I don't know. Wow. Yeah. It's impressive. And then they just die out for one reason or another. It's mostly driven by the seasons and how, how much closer it is hmm. to the sun and whatnot and the tilt. It's pretty crazy. But also... <laughs> You remember every time they let their their helmet came off, or whatever, or not their helmet, but if it, if it was sunny outside, it should have been a reasonable temperature. Sixties. Like you know when he was driving his car around and he was like freezing in his car, I would think it should have been a reasonable temperature, depending on where what part of the planet he was at. Okay. If he was closer to the equator or not. Hmm. You know how cold he was. Yeah, he looked. Pretty cold. Yeah. And, like, everything was freezing, and as soon as he, that door thing blew off... Oh, man, these are major spoilers. But... <laughs> <laughs> All and right. everything froze. So, at... It's interesting. So, whenever we start the podcast, we should warn people. If you haven't seen The Martian, stop listening at this time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another thing. What do you guys think about... Oh, man. When that thing blew off the building and he covered it with plastic and called it fine oh right <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys uh, think about that yeah okay yeah. same thing with the ship I mean 
Yeah, when he took off the... Yeah, when he took off. Like, reduced all the to weight. reduce all the weight of the ship. Yeah. Like, when he said... His that, root, too, that was even crazier. Like, the, <laughs> the force of that would have exploded his body, right? Uh, where? When he was shot out of Mars. Wouldn't he have basically exploded? That's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Like I said. <laughs> I think it was the the worst part was that he... Wouldn't the pressure have just exploded him? I don't know about that. No, because the pressure's already basically zero. That's what they were. That's what they were reasoning. They were, once they were saying, this whole "Yeah, thing. yeah." Why they could just take this roof off of this thing and then go like twenty thousand miles an hour? <laughs> is that there's no air really? You're basically doing it in a vacuum. I don't know though. You want to try it? We can send you to Mars. <laughs> I'm thinking when you covered that door with plastic, that's not going to be enough. Think about it, there's. Inside the building, he's going to have like a thousand millibars of pressure, and outside, there's going to be less than one millibar. So the flow is going to want to go out. So there's yeah. going to be this crazy amount of force wanting to push that plastic out. Okay. It's just like in a building, like say an office building, like no, they pressurize the inside. Right. They probably pressurize it by like 10 millibars, or that's probably it. It's probably like. Yeah, because you open the door. 1,010, you... and it just blows out. Like, yeah, crazy exactly. amount of force as soon as yeah. you open it. Like, it's hard to yeah. even pull the door yeah. shut or open. So, like, that's only, like, that's probably a really small pressure difference. Yeah. Imagine if you had that much. <laughs> it's like that airlock they have on there. That, that, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. That was crazy, too. Pressure, stable. <laughs> so, basically, should have just Cancel. knocked it right off. No I- problem. Plus, if there was a windstorm, which apparently was having hundreds of miles an hour winds, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. I think it's probably un- unrealistic. <laughs> you know, it's a movie, but still. I was talking with someone at work, and they said that the book, you know, the movie was based off of a book, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> no? I didn't know, no. No, it was based off a book that was written, I don't know how many years ago. But in the book, apparently there's like, a crazy amount of stuff that goes goes wrong. Okay. Like, way more bad things happen. I mean, of course, the movie's going to be shut down or, you know, shorter or whatever, cut down. But in the book, there was just, he said, like, orders of magnitude more stuff <laughs> wow. goes wrong. Like, there was, like, maybe, like, five things in the movie. Maybe. Major things. Okay. But in the book, there's, like, tons. <laughs> and they just call this out. Yeah. But. You can only show so much, I guess. Yeah. And there's. Pretty lengthy movie, early. Indeed, yeah, it was. It wasn't complaining. I mean, it was good. That was great. They could have probably got away with like breaking it up into a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> as much as happened in the book, or at least two movies, like The Hobbit. Yeah, The Hobbit was like a crazy trilogy from like a 100-page book. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a, no, it was about 300 pages. Yeah, well, was, you know, it wasn't much though. It was about the length of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Maybe a little bit shorter. I don't that. think I remember reading it. wasn't that long. It was only like this thick. It was easy to read. Yeah. 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 But they made a trilogy out of that. Mars weather, pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. Great movie too. And the movie was good. I think it just kind of reminds you of like where we're going in the future. I guess it's kind of amazing that we can even send rovers there and like remotely control them. I think that's kind of amazing. Yeah. So obviously we're they're gonna be someone on there one of these years. <laughs> oh yeah. So Ooh. I t- when I was in that's Greenland, gonna be 
kind of risky business, but yeah. When I was in Greenland, there was people from NASA there. They were testing uh, a rover. And it was nicknamed Grover. <laughs> the Greenland rover. Oh my gosh. And it had like the uh, little Sesame Street character was like strapped to it. <laughs> or whatever. Oh Grover. <laughs> Grover from Sesame Street. <laughs> but basically, yeah, it was like it was a legit like looking Mars rover type thing. Yeah. And it was like mostly all solar panels. And they were seeing if they could adapt that. Or they were like testing it because Greenland would be similar to Mars as far as temperatures and um, I don't know, sunlight, I guess, or something. And the terrain, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like loose snow compared to the Martian dust. So they were testing that mm-hmm. up there when I was there. It didn't go well for them. <laughs> it was like constantly breaking. It's just amazing how they can send something to Mars and it works when they get there. Like yeah, this Grover right. was like a broken. Like, <laughs> everything was like hardly worked on it. I guess maybe the moisture here that freezes inside all the components and everything. Maybe. I don't know. It's true as well. I don't know. But it gets really cold on Mars too, like you said. So I don't know. But no moisture, so maybe. I don't know. That's true. I have no idea. I have no idea either. <laughs> I don't know. And the biggest thing outside what, of... What do you know, Stan? Yeah, <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> but see the movie if you want to see it. It's yeah, good... I'd highly recommend it. Despite all the scientific meteorological mistakes yeah and just physics physics mistakes <laughs> it's a good movie yeah the average joe wouldn't notice and would just have to sit back and be amazed yeah i mean it gets over 80 percent on rotten tomatoes so it's yeah. pretty good <laughs> and don't be the person at the end of the movie asks was that based on a true story uh-uh. <laughs> i mean it, apparently it's been happening a lot i mean it could be say 10 years down the line yeah do you think someone could actually go back and, like, rescue someone? I mean... Whoa. <laughs> um, well, we've said all the spoilers at this point, so it's safe to say that. Yeah, I'll have to put a note in the podcast. Well, like I said before, beyond this point, don't listen to the podcast if you haven't seen The Martian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might have to add that in. Um, okay. But yeah, do you think you could actually do that? Yeah, I mean, obviously they could re-land, but could you actually retrieve someone, like, being exploded from the the planet itself and meeting up with it? I mean, I guess it's possible. I think it's possible. I mean, not, I don't know. And where he's like, he like pokes his body and then like gets that little more thrust. I mean, the physics behind that are decent. (laughs) I mean, I don't think he would have been got that much crazy fast to go as fast as he needed to. You know, he was like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> what do you Spoiler. think? Spoiler. Yeah. I think the guy in the book wrote it and didn't know that much, and then they were kind of had to put that in there, I guess. <laughs> Maybe they didn't have it in the book. Who knows? No, nah, that had to be in the book. <laughs> Well, they had to add some science in, into this, regardless of what's <laughs> in the book. Yeah, you know, to try, you know, to try and make it, you know, an even better movie. Yeah, I mean, they definitely did, and I think they did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, I mean, with a few exceptions. Mm-hmm. We need to get our friend Danielle on the podcast. 
Yeah, she would know more about Mars. <laughs> she works at NASA. Yeah. <laughs> and she did her PhD on Mars. Yeah. On Mars chemistry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Mars's atmosphere and uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Are there a lot of data sets for for Mars? Do you know? There's a lot of random data sets, okay. from what I could tell. Yeah. From just like various space travel that's been near Mars, they've done they've taken measurements that they've flown by. They okay. have like infrared satellites staring at the surface. Um, the data from whenever the rover and stuff like penetrates the atmosphere, they can get like a almost like a radio sun or a drop sun type thing. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know. They don't have like permanent measurements on Mars. <laughs> Yeah. Unless you get it from space, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um Nice. Yeah, good summary. Yeah. Yeah, very good. It was a good movie. Yeah. I'd Both. see it when it comes out on D V D maybe. Movie of the year? I'm not a big movie fan. Uh, <laughs> but that's actually the only movie I might have seen in twenty fifteen. <laughs> in a theater. <laughs> um, so it's it's my movie of the year. So you, haven't, you haven't seen Everest yet? Nope. Oh, you think Everest is better? What do you think, Andy? I don't think so. Uh, it's close. It was good, though. I'd like to have a similar discussion about the Everest movie after I see it. Okay. If you guys remember. I'm sure they had some, like, forecasting stuff in there about, like, planning for the... Yeah. And ...stuff and, like, was it realistic and... Potential spoiler, there was, like, a storm. But that's all I'll say. No, that's in the trailer. I didn't even see it. I knew that. Oh, okay. But they're hiking up the mountain and there's some a questions that about that some questions about the validity of that I guess oh okay sure mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no more yep as the well the season for hiking Everest is over yeah for 2015 it is I forget what the, there's like a well, I guess you guys would know it's like a three week three week window or something yeah like something that. small but probably in June or something or I don't know it makes up a huge part of Nepal's economy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mount Everest. 60% yeah. of their Everest. tourism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is... Who do I... I know someone that... One of my friends on... Uh, one of my friends is doing Kilimanjaro. Hmm. And apparently it's like extraordinarily expensive. Hmm. Like Kenya <laughs> charges like every person like $30,000 fee just to like oh. a permit to hike, hike it. So, I'm sure Everest is even more crazy. Yeah, I think in the movie, they were saying 50 or 60, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. And I've actually heard that the estimates may be even higher now. Wow. Yeah, because you're risking, I guess, all the Sherpas as well to get you up there. Yep, exactly. And all the health aid that they have there, too. Yep. It's an intense one. Yeah, you've got to be rich to do it. Not just motivated. <laughs> I don't yeah. think you couldn't pay me to do that. I don't think. Nope, me either. Oh, you don't want to don't want to hike Everest? No, not ever. I wonder if it's class three. <laughs> class will, so class you're, ten. <laughs> you're willing to hike halfway up that elevation, but not all the way. I mean, <laughs> what? Well, I mean, you could go up maybe to twenty thousand. I mean, that the view would be probably be just as good. Yeah, that's true. So. I, I don't know. Well, I guess we should uh, maybe go to the Andes. And <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. South America. <laughs> yeah, my friend from Ecuador posted more pictures of his 
There's like a volcano erupting in his town. Wow. Or behind his town. Near his town. Somewhere in his town. Yeah. It's nothing major, probably. It's just crazy. <laughs> I couldn't imagine, like... Can you imagine Long's Peak? Like, erupting? Boom. Uh, <laughs> Long's Peak's not a volcano, is it? I don't think so. No. I don't think any of the Rockies are. I'm thinking, uh, Rainier. Rainier is. Rainier is, yeah. Like, all dormant volcanoes that haven't erupted in, like... I don't know how many... Billions of years. No. They didn't <laughs> that Rainier could, though. Yeah. There is that fear. There's always a fear. Yeah. Wonder what it was. Did they think Mount St. Helens would erupt? Well, didn't it have like a really, really, really weak eruption recently? Like nothing like what it was before. Back I don't in, know. Back in the 80s. I haven't heard anything about that. But I don't know. I haven't really been paying attention. Just like some smoke or something coming out, or yeah, I'll pull it up. I got you. you. can check it out for next week's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we're running along, aren't we? Yeah, we're getting close to the end. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good podcast, guys. Yeah, very good. Yeah, it was good to have Matt back. and Maybe we'll get Joseph here next week. Yeah, Sounds like he was see. thinking about coming back next week. That's a start. Before he goes to Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> the great country of ducks. But... Okay. Yeah, have a good weekend. Enjoy your Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. Take it easy. See you guys later. See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>